0: Welcome to the Keys of the Kingdom with Brother Gregory of His Holy Church. Well, welcome to Keys of the Kingdom. What I was going to talk about, we were talking about Exodus this morning. I've got a... Number of topics. One of the programs I mentioned this morning was interview with Dr. Robert Malone with Epic Times. The interview was called "The New Battlefield Is Your Mind." Twitter files, fifth generation warfare, COVID vaccines, psyop campaigns. That's the whole title. Anyway, I, I, listening to it in the background as I was trying to do other work, that I uh, there was a few things he started to say that kind of caught my eye. Or my ear, uh my attention. He actually openly says this whole thing, COVID, all that. And he's traveled all over Europe, talked to people all over Europe. He's been censored a great deal. Epic Times gives him a bit of a platform. But he has to be very careful of what he says. Even I would have to be very careful what I say if I were saying it on someplace like YouTube. And I'm a lot easier to be canceled because I don't have the large following that some of these groups have, which some of these people are allowed to continue in the media because they are really part of what you would have to call the controlled opposition. And and, and some people are just kind of played into that position, whether they intend it or not. That is where they end up. Because, uh, manipulation. But the interesting thing is he's, you know, I'm quoting directly what he said. This was pre-planned. This whole propaganda censorship. He says, I don't know how else to say it. Information, warfare, psychological operations, strategies, uh, and, uh, he, he's just absolutely convinced of that. I was suspecting that, but you it's difficult to tell, and he even made reference to this when he was talking. Is it just incompetence? Is it just ignorance? Or was there actually a plan in place? And he has decided that there was, this is part of a plan, a, a PSYOPs. I mean, this guy worked high up in government, and he's saying this. Now... I don't need him to say it to believe it, but some people need that confirmation. But it was interesting that he was actually saying it, but that's not why I was going to talk about him today. He goes on to say, I quote, this was highly coordinated. Uh, He talks about events and the strategy that would then be deployed against the entire world in a harmonized fashion. To military grade psychological operations that were using technology developed for offshore conflicts and they have been deployed against the citizens of virtually the entire western world. Now it's interesting that he denotes western world. Of course, you know, some countries aren't having as much technology in them as others, but you can go You can go in the middle of Africa, in poor countries, in poor towns, and people have smartphones. They have a way of communicating. Everybody doesn't, but that isn't really the Western world. You can go South America. You can go a lot of different places, and people have access uh, to the Internet. And the reality, I was just talking to, you know, we had local doctors in our own community, a rather rural community, that thought that we needed 300 body bags this month because there would be at least 300 dead from this pandemic, the very first month that we started hearing about it because of the rhetoric being put out universally around the world. It was creating a panic. And even though they rolled back those numbers almost immediately, the fear, the seeds of fear were already in there. And I just had discussions with other people uh, about the seeds of fear. And once that fear takes over, rationale and reasoning don't seem to apply. But he talks about, you know, the release of the Twitter file shows that there was an intense collusion between the U.S. government and big tech. Drug development, bioethics, biodefense, pharmaceutical developments, the ethics were just overridden. Uh, things that were constantly a standard. I heard this from Ioannidis and lots of other people that said that, that, that our, our systems were literally hijacked. And of course they were being hijacked for a long time, but they didn't notice it until this coordinated event. Um, including this convincing a skeptical population that historically has been very wary of genetically modified organisms to allow themselves to become genetically modified organisms. Now, that's his words. I'm quoting right out of his own words. He sees this... uh these coordinated events is literally allowing, this guy is the expert. This is the guy who literally invented the mRNA technology. Uh, got out of it early on, saw that it was not going to create an immunity, that it could create all kinds of other problems, other reasons why he moved on. I always believe that God is moving people around in this gigantic chess game and the pieces of the puzzle. So, But he goes on and talks about this as a psyops campaign to get people to accept products which are neither safe nor effective. Again, I'm just quoting him, which is why this probably can't get onto YouTube. <laughs> but what we want you to do is create an actual network of people that don't depend entirely upon, uh, certainly not upon the media, uh, because your mountains of Samaria are liars. They are liars. They are deceiving. And they have been taken over by other people that really don't think highly of you at all. He talks about coming to grips with this fundamental evil of live organ harvesting of the CCP and other places. But he sees all this as a part of an evil movement. Uh, and this is not the way the guy normally thinks. He has, I've watched him from the very beginning where he, he's, he's literally being educated in this. His wife as well as being educated in what's going on. And he still can't quite believe everything that he's seen, but at least he's speaking out and he's supposedly somebody of authority. Of course we want you to get to the place where the only authority in your life is God. That's the authority that we want you to, to accept in your heart and in your mind. And to, if you, you really were getting closer and closer, and I know many of our listeners have made progress in that direction, but it's an infinite kingdom. It will, there's a constant room for more improvement. We're seeking the perfect law of liberty and perfection along those lines. But he goes on to say people's, rev- Reflexive revulsion and unwillingness to even allow these discordant thoughts to come into their minds. This, this evil, they, it's hard to believe. They, people wanted to believe the information that was coming from their government. They don't want to believe that their government has deceived them or that been hijacked. You know, systems in government have been hijacked. One reason they don't want that is it's frightening because people become so dependent upon the government. It isn't good for you to become too willing to believe the evil of government and then just say, oh, it's all evil, it's all terrible, I won't listen to anything. This is why we don't want to focus on the evil that they do. But he talks about this as a darkness That is coming over the world, over the people, over the institutions that people have created. And he talks about the, this possibility of something so evil that, uh, you know, that has gotten a hold of our society and our government, our institutions, that he doesn't know what to do about it. He, he, he asks the question, who really is the puppet master? Who is really behind all this? Because he sees a coordinated effort, which we were suspecting from the beginning, but, you know, where's the proof? Well, if you're moving from the Spirit, you don't necessarily need the proof because you're moving from the Spirit. But if you're going to talk to other people, like we've been talking in our study on Exodus, like Moses is going to go and tell them, hey, you know, I've come to, you know, God wants you to go out and serve him. And worship him and not worship the gods of Egypt, the pharaoh of Egypt. And look to the pharaoh of Egypt, this government in which they were in bondage to. He wants you to go out and do something completely different. And he says, but they're not going to listen to me. What, who shall I say sent me? What is sent you? What exists sent you? The truth sent you is really what he's saying. And then he said, but they're not going to believe me. So give me something else that I can show them. And we talked about that this morning, the signs and wonders. And we will talk about that as we get into chapter 8 and 9 and 10. All these signs and wonders are coming, but the people still don't get it. They don't know. Because the signs and wonders are coming to you through your eyes and your senses. And that's part of the tree of knowledge. That's how you pick fruit from the tree of knowledge but the tree of life is a revelation that comes from inside doesn't come from the outside so some people will only believe by signs and wonders they'll start walking the path and in walking the path you will draw nearer to God or you'll have the opportunity to draw near to God but actually as you get closer and closer to God and the truth the truth is ultimately the truth about yourself and then Many people will want to bail out. They will want to leave. They'll want to go somewhere else. That's okay. I mean, it's not okay for them. It's okay for you. You just have to remain faithful. And this is what Christ said. Those, these are the ones who remain with me. They didn't go away. They didn't make excuses. They didn't go off. And this is why we say it's so important that you join the network and start reaching out. Not because the network is your salvation. It certainly is not. But the network is designed so that you can actually begin to love your neighbor as yourself and seek the kingdom of God and His righteousness. You know, you can, you can sit in your neighborhoods wherever you are and you can love your neighbor. You can go over and help the people down the street. We do that all the time and help other people that need help along the road, but that's not kingdom. Kingdom is a a group of people that freely gather, not as a corporation, but as individuals, and are there for one another. And as a group, they're there for others. And as you walk that walk, go that way, that's what Christianity was called, that way, and make the sacrifices required of you by God in your heart and your mind, I don't know what they are, but God knows what they are. You will draw closer. That's how you draw closer. That's what Corbin does. It draws you closer and draws the Spirit into you. But in order to have room in the temple of the Holy Spirit, which is you, you have to clean out your house. In order to, you know, if you turn off all the lights, shut all the shades in your house so it's just completely dark there, it will be really easy to clean up your house. In a few minutes, you'll be done. You'll have all the dirt up that you can see. (laughs) But you won't have all the dirt up. You won't have everything clean. When you turn the lights back on, you say, oh my gosh, I missed that spot over there. Oh, look at those cobwebs up there. Oh, there's all kinds of stuff over there on the couch. And then you can actually clean it up. But you got to turn the light on first. And that's what the process is meant to do, to bring you closer to the awareness of yourself. Unfortunately, like I said, this is when many people want to bail. Want to find an excuse. I gotta go. He's not saying the magic words. He, he's not, he's not doing the singing that always made me feel so comfortable. He He's not having the, you know, whatever it is. His doctrine's not perfect. I gotta go. I'm sorry I can't be with you because your doctrine's not perfect. You know, there Jesus was and his guys were out there collecting grain on the Sabbath to eat. You know, he it, it wasn't always washing everything before they ate, you know. So we can, we can write him off. He's not, he's not any good. No, that is, that is, that's just excuse making. And Jesus had trouble with that. You will have trouble. And I'm sure we already have that. Our teaching on the Sabbath, Sabbath's not a day. It's a way. I mean, that's so, makes so much sense. And where else in the Ten Commandments do we deal with that? and staying out of debt. We know they shunned debt. They advised against debt. Why? Where is that in the Ten Commandments? Well, it's in the Sabbath. You work first. And then you take the fruits of your labor and the rest that comes with that labor. That That's it. That's what Sabbath is all about. Honor thy father and thy mother. We talked about that this morning, that, the, that there are these words that we see in the biblical text. Where they talk about honoring your father and your mother. That word honor actually means to fatten. It's, it's the word that we see in Exodus when they're talking about the heart of the heart, uh, the Pharaoh being hardened. Actually, there are three words. We talked about that briefly this morning. I'll get more into that as we continue in Exodus. But there are three words that are all translated into hardened in relationship to hardening the heart of the Pharaoh, but we just see the English word hardened. But they actually have three different Hebrew words that they put. One time it's here, another couple times it's here, another couple times it's there. Moses was doing that for a reason. Exactly the reason was it would take more than the show to probably explain. (laughs) And even if we did explain it, it didn't mean that you would understand it. And it doesn't really matter. Like I said many times this morning, what matters is that you get close enough to the Holy Spirit that you receive that guidance. But the closer you get to the Holy Spirit, the more light it will shine in your temple. The more weaknesses you will see, the more error you will see. It's a very humbling experience. But that's why humility was so important. And the doctrines of Jesus... Humility is absolutely essential. Sacrifice is absolutely essential. Love is absolutely essential. Charity is absolutely essential. And you can't do any of those things unless you also have forgiveness. Absolutely essential. If you go down to whatever church you're going to and you say, let me see your doctrine, you read it over, you tell me how much you see the words charity, love, uh, of neighbor, of forgiveness, forgiveness, how much they talk about that in that doctrine. Because if they don't talk much about it, it ain't the doctrines of Jesus Christ. So anyway, Malone goes on and he says, It's hard for you to even grapple with the possibility of such darkness as a globally coordinated propaganda campaign. The, the massive amounts of capital are being deployed all over the world. Billions of dollars. Artists were paid and influenced. Harmonized. He talks about his friends in Vienna being influenced, and he explains all this in the recording. You can go listen to the recording. I'm just using this as a springboard. One of the things he does say later on in this, Malone, Dr. Malone says, language really matters. Well, anybody who's been listening to Keys of the Kingdom for any period of time knows that language does matter because language is how we communicate in this physical world. Now, it isn't so much that you're going to learn the truth by language. What you're going to, what language is going to do is deceive you. You know, you're going to think religion is about what you think about God. If you believe language because they tell you that's what that's the definition of religion. But religion is is how you take care of the needy of your society and it's only pure religion if it's unspotted by the world and you, the word they use there for world means constitutional order and system of government which we, we talked about when we went through Exodus 7 which was the morning program. Well Exodus 7 or, or you know Daily Wire Ben we'll call him Ben <laughs> oh, it's Ben Shapiro I didn't say it on the morning program but Ben Shapiro you know, he's supposedly this Orthodox Jew, this who actually Pharisaical side of Orthodox Jewry, and uh, he he, you see him actually, and I, I I made a little reference to it, but I saw him when he said it. You could see his eyes lower and like he was his his mind was going down into you know spotty language what we're seeing there, but to me I'm seeing. His spirit is actually descending to a place where he is not seeing the whole truth. He is actually going in a place that he doesn't, that, because he doesn't want to see what is actually standing right before him. And he says, well, we have to have a social safety net. Making an excuse for the idea of the government providing your daily bread. But early Christians did not go to the governments of the world to provide their daily bread. That was a table of which they could not eat. But he's making an excuse. And this understanding, this blockage of the mind, that no, all your social welfare needs to come by faith, hope, and charity. All your social welfare. No social welfare can come by force. You've let the camel in the tent. So, Malone goes on and says, we've been subject to this barrage of intentional manipulation of our very language. Now, of course, he's probably speaking somewhat from the point of view of, you know, vaccinations. We changed the definition of vaccination. They changed the the, the definition of, uh you know, increasing the... uh you know, manipulation of viruses so that they become more contaminant. I'm trying to think of the word that they use, but anyway. <laughs> draw a blank on it. I, 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 it's just the fact that they change. If anybody's changing the definition of words, you know, I'm often trying to change them back to what they were before, and I'll show you the definition at different times and periods. But ultimately, let's get this down quick. Malone asked the question, how can we form community? He he asked, how do we recover from this? How do we recover our innocence? Well, I don't know if we have any innocence, but how do we get back? And that is a topic that's going to come up in Exodus 8 and Exodus 9, because I've been reading ahead, (laughs) is how do we get back? And really, that's what Exodus... Exodus, they're exiting bondage to go back to liberty under god you know i think uh, when you know when i set up this pro uh, this particular show the, you have to type in sort of a summary of it and you know and i kind of paraphrased off of uh, frodo and the two towers and and those sh- shows the hobbit our journey from freedom to bondage and our journey from bondage back to freedom And this is the story of Genesis and Exodus. Genesis is the story of us, you know, we were free in the garden. We were subject in the garden to certain conditions and rules, but we had dominion in the garden. When we abandoned the ways of God, when we made the choice to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, rather than to use the tree of life as our source, when we began to... Think for ourselves to decide what is good and evil, to determine what is good and evil. We fell from the tree of life. We, the, the light at the tree of life was shamed us. Adam and Eve, they hid. First thing they did was hide. Then later the, they fled the tree of life. And we're still fleeing the tree of life, and we're we because that's an emptiness in us. We're trying to fill it with other things. We fill it with emotional religions. We fill it with dogma. We fill it with politics. Communism wants to fill that void in you as well. You know, patriotism can fill that void in you as well, because patriotism is about who's your father, who's your daddy, who's your who, who is the one that you should be honoring? Well, we should be honoring our Creator because we had a direct line with our Creator when we could eat of the Tree of Life. We cannot eat of the Tree of Life until we let go of our addiction to the Tree of the Knowledge of Good and Evil. You, you cannot memorize the doctrines of Jesus Christ and get closer to Jesus Christ. They have to be written on your heart and your mind by God, not by you, not by me, not by, you know, Billy Graham or the Pope or anybody else who's dictating this. And so it isn't really a war between the government's public religion and private religion, although that is probably going to be where some of the battlefield takes place. But it, it's about us trusting in an unseen God because what he is, is what is. He is the truth. And that's that's what, the way in which you define it. So he says, it is a battlefield and your mind is the territory that is being fought over. So it's not Israel over there <laughs> across the ocean. It's not America even. Now, there will be a battle in America. There will be a battle in Israel. There will be a battle in Australia. There will be a battle all over the world. And there will be destruction all over the world. But the battle is really for the hearts and minds of the people. And you cannot win that battle with force. Which is why the armies that I mentioned this morning and mentioned in the previous show uh, that we see in Exodus 7 and Exodus 6 are the priests of your society. And the priests of your society are those people who redistribute the wealth of your society and they either do it through force or they do it through charity. Now, I know I go back to that constantly, but that is that is the plan. If you're not doing it through charity, you will not be free. I don't care what paperwork you have, what stores you have. If you are not seeking... To set your neighbor free, even at your own sacrifice, you will not be free. Uh, they also talk about swarmism. Uh, this way where people were literally, well, it's, swarmism is really a part of that mass formation of psychosis. It's a mass hysteria. And it's, you know, you can see it on these little Video memes they have where they show you, you know, newsmen, they're all saying the same thing. The same words just keep popping up out of their mouths in all these local news broadcasts. Because they're all just extended arms of the liar, of the adversary of truth, the adversary of God. Because if God is truth, anyone who doesn't want to speak the truth is the adversary of the truth. Somebody was just talking to me about locals who don't want to get on what they call the senior bus. Uh, it's Uh It kind of takes people. We're a long ways away from doctors and stuff, so they have a, a bus that is funded that will take people to the doctor or to the eye doctor, or sometimes even just take them shopping so they get to a store where they can get shopping. And... Uh, some people won't ride the bus anymore; they won't get on it because there's too many conservatives. I've never heard of a conservative saying, "I don't want to go on the bus because there's too many liberals or or whatever it it's they're the ones who are afraid of the truth. but I can tell you this: if I got on the bus, there might be a lot of people afraid of the truth that I so, so so uh the reality is is that uh we have to be willing to see the truth. We have to be willing to have the conversation. And I, I think that some some of these guys are coming up with the truth. Uh, maybe we'll even get to the whole Twitter thing. It, but it can also be a distraction. He talks about this these swarms of ideologies and, and rhetoric and the changing of words and this uniform attack on our senses. It fundamentally turns our whole way of dealing with responsibility and accountability on its head. Well, see, there's a guy, you know, self-made man. He was working as a farmer. He goes off and he... And he gets this education, he excels at it and and he ends up in all these places i I wouldn't be surprised if god it doesn't have his hand in this does is there more things that he has to learn? Well, yeah, that's what we're going to talk about before the end of the program. hopefully he talks about uh this consensus of opinion. No one of us is really responsible uh, when he's talking about these commissions, this government by commission, governments by boards. You know the CDC or somebody they come out with recommending this, and you say, "Well, who whose idea was this?" Well, the board came out, oh, no no so nobody's there to be blamed, you know. And he refers to this as a Kabuki strategy, where you you can't really confront well what's going on, and then if you do try it, you know you're 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 not arguing against me, you're arguing against science. And science is just data, and I actually heard. In uh, the Exodus program with Jordan Peterson, he was talking about data isn't just numbers. Data isn't just, you know, facts and numbers written down. Because you can create a study and you can prove almost anything with the way in which you collect the data. The way in which you analyze the data. You can come up with any solution you want. Rose, who... Uh, i I can only remember her, the name Rose. You go to our numerous scientist page at preparingyou.com and you will see that, uh, there's a statistician who was looking at the numbers and she was coming to a completely different conclusion than what you were seeing on the six o'clock news. And of course she was attacked and attacked because she, but she's a genius. She got all kinds of degrees. Uh, very, very astute individual, Canadian lady young lady, fairly young lady. I mean, I, I guess she could be in the 30s or 40, but that's young to me now. But uh, they didn't want to hear it. So, yeah, and, and Ferguson, who came up with these ridiculous numbers to begin with, he just manipulated the data. And they did that all through this. Well, the same thing is going on with the Bible. And it's been going on for years and years and years. They're manipulating the data by changing the definition of words and the meaning of words. And then you look at their translations, but they have guys whispering in your ears immediately saying, oh, this, this means this, and this, this means that. And, you know, I, I had all those people telling me, and but I, I kept seeing more. And I said, well, that doesn't work. That doesn't fit. But unless you have a mind that sees that, you won't see it. Now, many of you do see, ultimately, you know, Your weakness can be your strength. If you're very, very intelligent and, you know, and I don't consider myself, I just see things different. I'm not, I'm not that much more intelligent than everybody else. Uh, you know, I do read a lot and study a lot, but I know now what to study because I'm trying to follow the Spirit and it says, read this, read this, read this. I got a stack of reading material that God wants. I don't, I don't see an actual physical stack. I just know that there's a lot of work ahead. To look at these things. But it is an intellectual journey. Again, most of the information I give you is so you set down what you've already accepted as true that just ain't so. So, anyway, go back to Malone. He says the citations and put uh, them on a website that's going to be protected so they can't be memory hold and deleted. He's talking about this censorship because he's trying to make sense out of what's happened here. That's it. I'm quoting. He's trying to figure out how to make sense out of it all. So, of course, he's got his sub-stack. I actually opened up a sub-stack, Brother Gregory's sub-stack. Uh, I'll be sharing that. But I don't have anything in it yet, so don't worry about rushing and getting it. But... It is a plan that we have of taking a lot of the information that we have and putting it in a lot of different places so that it cannot be memory hold and deleted. It used to be if you looked up His Holy Church on Google, we had the, almost the first eight, nine different web pages that showed up on a list of ten. And then I noticed that that was dropping a little bit, even though we had more content and more visits, but it was starting to drop and immediately two people who criticized us were on that first page and they weren't great sites they weren't well traffic sites they were pretty radical cultist sites almost or or even some people that were ad me I've, uh, I've seen video that's just like wow that guy you know he's just somebody talking he has no credentials no website no references he's just making suppositions and that he shows up when you do a search for his holy church on the first page used to i don't know who shows up now i haven't googled this for a while but it was clear that they were affecting our reach and uh but we're not that big that they feel threatened by us and i don't know that they can necessarily figure out all of what we're doing but uh if we were to uh continue to look at some of the stuff that uh Malone was was talking about. We can we can see that I mean he even mentions Elon Musk, how people don't like Elon Musk. The reality is this whole Twitter thing, I said we'd talk a little bit about it. Uh I I do want to go back to Malone but uh Elon Musk is revealing a certain amount of things that and he's trickling them out and that's probably a good strategy to keep it always in the news. And, of course, the news is trying to suppress a lot of this stuff, just like the Hunter Biden laptop. But all that stuff can be a distraction, especially what he's doing on Twitter. Because the backdoor that they're using to manipulate, which is what Malone was talking about, manipulating what everybody sees and does not see, was in place and revealed at least two years ago almost two years ago, uh, by Dr. Shiva. Is it V.A. Shiva? I think it's V.A. Shiva.com. Because uh, he had an open court trial. You can read the transcripts from his trial uh, where he was suing Twitter for booting him. And he won. They, they had to reinstate him. Of course, then they booted him again and then he took him back to court. And the day before he went into court, he uncovered the playbook of how to operate this backdoor in Twitter that was published online. And he exposed it in his, uh, court case. He, he printed it out and brought it into the court case, gave copies to the Twitter lawyers as well as the judge. It is a part of discovery showing that this and this is a monumental case. This is, this is going to go down in the history of court cases. I'm sure it will it will survive probably the Great Holocaust for a while. <laughs> that is yet to come. But uh the media has just blacked it out. They don't talk about it. They don't even really talk about it on Twitter. I don't even know if Shiva's been on <laughs> un- course he was deplatformed on Twitter. I don't know if he's still on Twitter. I should check that. But uh So this was already exposed. So is, and and a lot of people will say this, that Elon Musk is the controlled opposition. He doesn't necessarily even need to know that he's the controlled opposition to be a part of that. You know, Orwell was the one, and Malone even mentions that. He says language really matters as Orwell so clearly pointed out in his writings. And... That's They were using people who thought they were waking up. They were letting them into the anti-government thing. It still doesn't answer, answer who is the puppet master. Who is the ultimate puppet master in all this? And going back to those same questions that Malone was asking, how do we recover from this? How can we form a community? Like I said, that... That was the questions that he was asking. He talks about action. Key sections discuss some very tangible actions that could be taken by a new administration that was committed to returning the American experiment back to something more akin to the original original vision as opposed to the expansionist, federalist monster that's been created that is basically consuming the world. So, again, I'm quoting. I think you can tell when I'm quoting when I'm reading his actual words because I, I, I printed them out. They have, you know, so that I can talk about this. And, you know, he talks about things like Schedule F thing where the administration reassigns employment because you can't hardly fire a federal employee, but they reassign the classification of federal workers that we seem to have surrendered to in Washington, D.C. and in the Beltway. And that was one of the first things they got rid of when Biden took office. He got rid of the Schedule F. They finally got it in place just before Trump was out of office. Not that any of these things are your salvation, but I'm showing you this battle of good and evil. But again, the battle of good and evil is not in politics. I'm not saying don't be political. It's not in the streets with guns. It's not in protests or insurrections at Washington D.C. It's in your mind. You cannot win this battle. You know it isn't. You know these different agencies that are your enemy. They are victims too. All the people in those are victims. This this battle is in your mind and in your heart. And if you can't win it there in you, you've lost. No matter what everybody else does. So it's, and this is what we're going to be getting into as we go farther and deeper, deeper into Exodus. We're just getting to the basic groundwork right now, but uh, by Exodus 9 and 10, we're going to be going into this deeper. I'm leaving little breadcrumbs along so that you can kind of find your way. Uh, but it isn't the federal government that is the beast, it's the spirit of the beast that has hijacked the federal government, hijacked the medical institutions. You know, Malone talks about uh people trying to form a new medical institution other than the AMA. In Europe, at least, it, it started already. And trying to get back to more holistic type medicines. And it's interesting, this is a guy who have been studying <laughs> more for for the MA pharmaceutical type industry. But now he's he's advocating the more holistic approach, you know, herbs and all these other alternatives. He wants those alternatives on the table. He wants them to have the discussion. See, the AMA has been censoring people for years and years and years. But it's not, the AMA is not the problem. The FDA is not the problem. The S- and CDC is not the problem. It's a spirit that dwelleth in them. (laughs) That is the problem. And that spirit dwelleth where there is this censorship, where there is this desire for power and control. And he talks about all of these federal agencies that have dual purpose. They both regulate the industry and they promote the industry. And he says, we have to separate them so that those jobs are not in the hand of the same group uh men like the FDA and the CDC etc but even if you separated them you're not going to solve the problem you may slow the progress of destruction but you're not going to or do anything more than slow the problem you're not going to rid yourself of the problem because the problem is spiritual it's a spirit that has gotten into your mind and is manipulating the data that comes into your eyes and through your ears This idea of separating those two, which they should be separated, and I'm all for that. To to separate those things is a good strategy, but the ultimate separation is when we are a nation of individuals who actually love our neighbor as ourselves, love our neighbor's rights as ourselves. That is the goal. That is the direction we want to go. If we went that way, those it would be very easy to separate those powers. We see in Congress right now they're trying to elect... Uh, I guess McCarthy or something. And there are, there's like 20 holdouts that are, uh, voting for other people rather than McCarthy. And people are saying, why are they doing this? Why don't they just elect? And of course, the Democrats are all yelling, they're so disorganized and everything. Well, there's an actual strategy going on. And I'm, I'm fine with them following that strategy. But I know where the salvation lies. It lies in Christ. And anything short of that is short of salvation. And you do not want to be short of salvation when leaping across the chasm of the pit. You, you want to go all the way with your whole heart, mind, and soul. This is a theme that will also come up in our studies. That it is absolutely essential that we approach this from this point of righteousness and seeking the truth. In all things. And this is what Exodus is showing. Moses is going to go out into the desert and he's going to set up an intentional community with the people that are going to, and I already heard them saying on Jordan Peterson's cast on, you know, his program on Exodus where they're talking about, oh, it's not just, they're not just going out to do a sacrifice, they're going out to have a feast. And and they're kind of, walking around what's going on out there but they don't seem to and I don't think they're capable of grasping it but they're so close in some ways and of course that's why I'm going to do the study and I'm going to keep listening to them although I mean they had like two hours that I have to listen to them and uh, they're all over the place And uh, but I pick up little things and I will try to bring it back because I care about them as much as I care about you and that's what we have to do. And, and maybe someday they'll listen to him, these shows. And maybe someday Malone will listen to this. Because what is Malone missing? He's he's on the right track. But he, he isn't quite getting it. I, I did want to quote the fact that he said, Dr. Fauci is a skilled liar. <laughs> I thought that was... He just said that. Of course, he's only getting away with that on Epoch Times. But... uh Anyway, he goes on to say, we also talk about a better future that people can enable on a personal level. That's an important idea. Enable their intentional community network of alternative medical care and physician training programs and public training programs. Okay, who's financing? This is what the church is supposed to be. He he mentioned a particular Hippocrite, which is kind of, it's a, I don't know if it's a, I guess it's more like the original Greek spelling of Hippocrates. But they're trying to create this. And I think in that, in the journey of trying to do those things, some people may come closer and closer to that truth, that existing one. That opinion of God not subject to the opinion of men. That, 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 that righteousness of God that we're supposed to be seeking. That's what the righteousness of God is. It's the correct opinion of God. But he also talked about not only creating these alternatives and intentional communities, but he talks about victory gardens that we need to do that, you know, where they, they actually plowed up part of Central Park and created a victory garden. I don't think it's gonna work the same way, <laughs> not considering the riots. But go ahead and do what you want to do. There's actually prophecies that people will actually be doing that. They will actually plow up parts of the street and plant gardens. But by that time, there will be a lot of people that have already died. And the reality is is that bad things are coming. Yeah, okay, I got it. But the solution is back again to that Holy Spirit. How do we get closer to that Holy Spirit? We talk about it. And again, you know, I mentioned psilocybin. Uh, maybe I didn't mention it in the morning program, but I will be mentioning it in the next one because they do quote that. And, uh, in my notes for eight, nine, and 10, I will be including that and links back to some things that we just wrote on those kinds of things. Meditation is key. Meditation is a form of prayer. And we always think of praying as like, you know, I'd like to have this car. I'd like to, you know, get so and so well. I'd like to do this. But prayer is, I'd like to know what you want me to do, God. Not my will, but thine. That is the ultimate prayer, and that's what meditation is supposed to help you get to the state of mind where you can actually ask that question as if you really wanted the answer. Lots of people come to us and start talking about seeking the kingdom and everything, and like I said at the beginning of this show, they begin to fall away from this belief in... Uh, the truth, and the way, and the light. Uh, they, they're, they've, they don't want the light, because the light shows them th- themselves. If you want to know the truth, you have to discover the truth about yourself. And this is absolutely essential in walking towards the kingdom, because that's, that's the direction we want to go in. We want to seek the kingdom, so we need to know what direction that is, what it looks like, what it doesn't look like, and that's why we do these programs. Because a lot of people told you that the kingdom of God looks like a great retirement community after you die. That the kingdom of God is a really nice church or synagogue where you've you got air conditioning and uh, short sermons and great activities afterwards where we all feel like we have fellowship while we send people to our neighbor's house to force them to give us stuff for free. That's not the kingdom of God. That's why the kingdom of God was taken from the Pharisees because they said, well, we have to have a social network and Herod is willing to set up this social safety net Through our synagogues, we all just sign up and everybody has to give their fair share. And there are men who exercise authority, one over the other, who decide what your fair share is. You see, the Pharisees delivered the people of Israel, of Judea, back into the bondage of Egypt. And Jesus came to set the captive free. But you cannot be free till you set your neighbors free from your appetite for the dainties of rulers. And in order to give up the dainties of rulers, you have to take care of one another. In order to take care of one another, you have to sit down in the tens, hundreds, and thousands in a free will network and sacrifice what you have and don't need for other people and their needs. That's what makes you, I don't like to use the word human, but that's what makes a man a man. That's what makes a woman a woman is they're willing if, if you want to know what a woman is, <laughs> it's a vessel of sacrifice. And if you really want to know what a man is, that he is a pillar of sacrifice. That's a, I, I can't think of any better metaphor, <laughs> to put it that way, that he stands up to sacrifice so that the woman will bring about the next generation. And that's what being righteous in your generations is all about. And even if you don't have, if you don't produce the next generation, you can help the generation that is growing up survive the days to come. Because, see, you have to care about your neighbor's kids as much as you care about your own. So when he asked this pragmatic thing about how to enable a decentralized future for all of us as opposed to this very dark fourth industrial revolution, transhumanism, central command economy, world that these transitional organizations and really globalist organizations like the World Health Organization and the United Nations seem to be actively to use their own words, shaping for us. You know, the Noah Harare's, the Great Reset, all that stuff. We don't have to live in their world, he says. What did Jesus say? Well, he said what would be better said, this is the way he said it, we don't have to live in their world. What I think he might really mean to say, and would be better said, we don't have to live of their world. And this is what Christ was doing. We live in their world but we don't live of their world. Of course they're gonna to want to get rid of us. Right now they're content with just ignoring us and turning their backs on us and 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 regulating our reach <laughs> But they cannot regulate the reach of God. The reason I chuckled then I thought about, you know, Moses is is sent into Egypt to talk to the Pharaoh. Uh, I don't appear to be the Moses that you guys need, but uh, maybe we shouldn't need a Moses. But Moses, God talks about ex- extending his arm over Egypt. And he does it through Moses, who extends the staff. He, Moses doesn't even always use the staff. He takes the staff and gives it to his brother, and he says, you take the staff. And use it. Because it's not Moses' power that's making this happen. It's not my power. It's not Aaron's power. There's no power in the staff. It's just a stick. It's not a magic wand. The power is in God. But yet Moses and Aaron were instruments of God. And that's what you want to be. You want to be an instrument of God. But in order to be an instrument of God, you need to know the will of God. In order to know the will of God, you need to know what's in your heart to clean out your temple to make room for the Holy Spirit. Uh, and, and Malone says he's rightly wary of people who think that they know the answer. And I know where the answer is. But I don't know the answer for you. I don't know the answer for Malone. He's on his walk. But I know that there is no answer without Christ, without which is the anointing of God in your heart, in your mind. Christ, that's what Christ is. Christ means anointing or the anointed. Jesus was the anointed, but you need to be anointed. You need to be anointed with the Holy Spirit but if you're if you're anointed with the Holy Spirit, you will begin to see the light where there was darkness you're going to see inside the dwelling of your own heart and mind and so, when he asks the questions, how do you envision a future that has never existed? Well, it did exist it's not in your memory. How do you envision a way? Of organizing humanity that's different from anything that's been tried before in his memory. I'm quoting him so I have to add in his memory. I think it's a journey we are taking. And that, that's absolutely the case. And that's seeking the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Christ created an intentional community, and we've talked about the pharmaceutical of the day. That's the Greek word that they use for the medical. Some of the first people persecuted were persecuted for practicing medicine without a license, but we're at the end of our show. So, Anyway, I, I will uh, sign off. Uh, I don't have any control over the music, but maybe somebody else does, and say peace on your house, and may God be with you. Join the network. God bless.